Welcome everyone to another episode of Bravcast. I'm Raj. I'm Mick. So we have a very, very special guest today. I'm super excited. This is this is our first official guest that we haven't grown up with, right, Mick? 100%. Yeah, that is yeah. it, man. So super excited for today's conversation. Yeah, I'm going to introduce you all to Rajan from the Homies Kitchen. So Rajan, welcome to Bravcast. It's great to have you on the pod, man. Yes, brothers. Thank you for having me. Um, you said special guest. I don't know about special, but I'm honoured to be here as the first like non-lifelong friend. So yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, That's it's great awesome. to have you. Good man. to have you're you, definitely, man. Yeah, you're definitely a special friend because you've just like, you know, I was like opportunistic. I was like, bro, do you want to jump on this podcast? You're like, yeah, I'm down, man. Yeah, why <laughs> so not? you got to say yes exactly. to everything, huh? Do you know what? I, yeah. asked, I asked Raj, I was like, just before we had this, uh, before we started recording earlier today, I was like, oh, so how did you, um, how did you meet um, Raj? And he was like, bro, I met him at a wedding at the end of the night. You know, how I usually do after a few. You hug up a random man on the dance floor <laughs> and then never let go. I was like, bro, if you're con- continuously going to be doing this, yeah, then that means all of our guests, yeah, are going to be met on the dance floor by Raj. This guy's going to bring everyone on. But no, <laughs> no, it's good, man. <laughs> that's that's where you find all your guests, though, isn't it? Dance of floor course, or yeah, Indian wedding. Like, you've got options. You've got options on the dance floor. That's it, definitely, man. man. So definitely. we we met at my cousin's wedding in in Lonavla in in India. So oh, wow. yeah, shout out to Ravi and Emma uh, out yes, in Dubai. Yes. Actually, that's that's the reason why this is happening, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't have met. So, yeah, for uh, real. A fellow South London boy. Yeah, born and raised. And you met all the way. You guys met all the way in um in India, yeah? You say? Yeah, in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah India. it's crazy. Because right. well, yeah. I think we first met. Was it? When we did the Sten party for Ravi and Emma. Did you come that's to it. that, Raj? Yeah. yeah. We first yeah, met there. And then that's it. After a few drinks at Bunga Bunga, everyone was <laughs> boys. And then you all meet no. up in India. What was it? Maybe a few months later. And yeah, yeah. we were out there for a good week. Uh, build yeah. up to that wedding. You know how Indian weddings are. So yeah, yeah it was just good quality bonding time with the brothers. Yeah, man, nice. it was yeah. good. It was it was a uh, destination weddings, man. That's now like that's kind of the standard that you get nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. I think that, that was my first destination wedding as well. So, um, okay, it was a good one. It was a good one to go to. Yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Well, welcome once again. Uh, great to have you. Thank uh, you. What's, what have you been up to? Just been busy. Um, I just did a, a food festival. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I am a chef or trying to be a chef, as I would like to say. Um, I cook food for a living for people, which is nice. And I just did a food festival. Oh, it's about, yeah, just over a week now, which was crazy. Dream come true. And then so this week has just been like a come down from there, trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And uh, yeah, just uh, thinking about next steps, really. Was it your first food festival? It was my first food festival, yeah, to that scale as well, um, which was crazy. It was a festival called Meetopia, um, been going on for 10 years now. This was their 10th year, so it's well established. And I went for the first time as a customer last year and I completely fell in love with it. It was all about just cooking meat over live fire. So it's all barbecue food, smoked food, everything like that. And you've got some of the top chefs from all over the world that come here and uh cook food for people that are like barbecue enthusiasts i guess or food enthusiasts and after visiting as a fan last year i told myself ah 
I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a spot at this festival one one year, and I put it down in my five year plan because I thought it's gonna take me some time to build my way up, try and get a bit noticed and stuff. Yeah. And within a year, yeah. I got asked to um, wow. I got asked to apply, and it was like oh, an incredible wow. feeling. It was amazing. Uh, I'm still riding high on the adrenaline. I think even though it was last week, yeah. it was a it was a dream come true. It was it was honestly unbelievable experience um, that I got to do. And yeah, absolutely smashed it as well. I couldn't have been proud of me and the team that did it. So yeah, that was a bit crazy. Nice. Congrats, man. Nice. Congrats. That sounds, that's, yeah, that's a big, uh, sounds like a big achievement. So what, they, they reach out to you and they like ask you to apply for it? Is that how it Yeah, works? so that's how it happened with me. Um, one of the okay. event directors reached out to me and said, um, on Instagram, she DM'd me and said, oh, we're just sending out invites for Metopia this year. Um, what's your email address? We'd love to send you an invite. So there's me thinking, ah, oh, I've made it to a certain point where I'm getting invited to a food festival so I don't have to buy a ticket because, boy, uh, when those tickets come out, they go quicker than Beyonce concert, I'm telling you. Within oh, five wow. minutes, they were sold out. It was crazy. Um, so I thought, okay, nice. Don't have to worry about that. I got the email, opened up the PDF, and it, it was... Uh, PDF of how to apply to become a vendor there so that was just like my first speechless moment I was like no way like, I completely misread this situation but in the best way possible <laughs> um, so yeah I had to submit three dishes that I would like to um, sell there then they came over and did a taste test of all three dishes so we cooked all the food um, we sat around had a little talk about each dish and luckily enough I think I impressed them with one of them and they said that they'd love to have me there this year so nice. there I was yeah did so um, pretty, sounds like um like a stringent criteria as well right considering you have to uh, cook those three dishes they come and taste test them as well yeah for sure I mean they they put a lot of work into who they select I believe because they 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 go to about four tastings a day from different restaurants independents cooks all that kind of stuff. So they really do care about what they're going to put on at the festival. So yeah, you have to bring your A game. You have to bring your nice. A game. I think there's a lot of competition out there. So yeah, it's nice to know that I was selected. Damn. Yeah. Well, that look. That sounds great. I was watching some of your stories yeah. as well. It sounds like yeah, it looked like you were having a lot of fun as well. Oh, um, so much fun. Yeah. It yeah. was like a live food, like live food, like a station thing, right? That you were like on the mic or something as well. Yeah, so through, so it was a four-day festival, Thursday till Sunday. Um, Thursday and Friday I was there, I was just prepping all my food and stuff. And Saturday I did my service for the dish that I was selling. And that went amazing, that was a lot of fun. Me and the boys had a crazy time, like it was just good. Like everyone was so friendly, everyone was really complimentary of the food. Um, People were loving it. I loved it. It just, yeah, it went perfectly. And then Sunday, I got asked to do a live cooking panel. So I created another dish separate to what I was selling, where I'd be on a stage. People that were there on the Sunday could come and sit down and basically listen to you talk through the dish that you're making. And also um, with the host Sam on stage, who was amazing because I'd never done a live cooking panel before in my life, let alone just a normal panel um, so she guided me through it we had a little conversation going back and forth while the audience listened so that was a lot of fun as well yeah nice 
Damn, that's, oh, that's crazy. Cool. So it wasn't it wasn't just like a pop up, right? You were like nah. basically like a ready, steady cook kind of situation. Yeah, it was like fully immersed in it, like just putting everything to the test for the, from the last like three years I've been doing this professionally. It was just like yeah, fight, fight or fight or flight. Okay, yeah. all right. So you mentioned three years. Actually, what, Mick, do you want to say something? I was gonna say, how do you deal with that intensity, that pressure? Of like, it's like a cook along at the end of the day, right? Yeah. For a period of time as well. Yeah, pretty much. Because we only had, I think, maybe 30 to 45 minutes to get the dish done. And while you're trying to multitask, talking as well um, yeah. to the crowd, making sure you're being quite interactive and stuff. And the best way I dealt with it was just had a beer before. <laughs> yeah. I, had go, I had to just go get a pie, get a bit of liquid courage and then... Honestly, when I was on stage, um, like I said, Sam was a great host as well. So it was just really comfortable. And because I was so used to cooking the dish that I was making for the audience, that kind of felt like second nature. And I could just concentrate on talking to them. And I think I did a good job. Everyone that's seen um, the video on YouTube uh, said I've done a good job. I haven't watched it myself because I just don't want to watch myself back live cooking and talking. But... Um, yeah, I think it went well. Nice. No, no, that sounds really positive, man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, so you said that, you know, this seems like, you know, it was the ultimate test of the past three years. Yeah. So I was scrolling all the way down your feed to like the first post. Yeah. I actually remember seeing that first post like years ago. Um, 23rd of July, 2020. Yeah, that's When crazy. you had your first post. Yeah. So what? what got you to that like what when did you decide i'm going to do this like what was your process what was the ambition like talk us through it so i think it started for me it was during lockdown so before i even started thinking about doing this professionally i was um at a desk job nine to five um classic gone uni gone to an office job doing marketing for a sports company and it was good. It was all right. But man, I just wasn't feeling satisfied or fulfilled in my job at all. And then lockdown happened and being in the marketing department, it was kind of um, you're the first department to go in that sense when people are getting made furlough and stuff. So I ended up getting made furlough. Uh, I ended up getting furloughed. So I thought, all right, I've got maybe about three months with no work to do now. I'm in lockdown with nothing else to do i'm still getting paid monthly which is nice so what can i use that for and put my energy into something else and i've always loved cooking i've been cooking since i was little um and kind of just for fun for family for friends for myself and i just thought well let me just start posting my food on Instagram on my personal account and people just kind of like all my friends and stuff were just like oh that looks really good what's the recipe etc etc so I just thought I've seen everyone else doing it currently where they're posting their recipes online and sharing it with like the public and I thought okay let me do that as well I've always kind of liked that kind of creative side of marketing in my other jobs so if I can do that with food it should just be a knockout scenario right and then so I just started posting on uh, my personal account and then I kind of thought, oh, it's getting a bit of traction. Let me kind of take it more to a brand side of things where I have a, 
completely separate account and focus just on food and um, posting recipes and things like that. So then for the first three months, I think that's what I was doing because you couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. And um, I was really enjoying it. I was getting a lot of love from people. The food was coming out great. I got to eat everything I was making. Like, it was lovely. It was a good time. <laughs> and then I think um, after that, the, the world started opening up again. And I thought I'm in a position now where um, I've been made redundant from my other job. So... I now need to, I'm now at this kind of fork in the road where I either mm. carry on with the nine to five life, find a new marketing job, sit down and repeat the same dull processes over and over again, or I figure out a way I can turn my passion for food into a career. And I thought, do you know what? I love doing this cooking business. There's so much more I want to learn and absorb. Let me just apply for some restaurants. And I managed to get a job working in a pizzeria called Party Store Pizza. And they were making Detroit-style pizza at the time, which is like, if anyone knows me, I love my pizza. That's one of my favourite foods. As a little kid, it's always been my dream to have a small little pizzeria joint in South London somewhere that kind of replicates the vibe of New York, Brooklyn pizzerias. So I thought, okay, this is perfect for me. I applied... I spoke to the owner. He goes, yeah, come in next week, trial shift. We'll see how you do. And then we'll take it from there. I went in. I'd already kind of in my three months just cooking for Instagram, like played with the idea of pizza. I've made a bit of pizza dough um, and it turned out pretty good. So I kind of went in there, not worried that I wasn't going to do well, but I was thinking more how the life of someone in a restaurant um kind of how it works like what you need to know the lingo all that kind of stuff um the behind the scenes of the business so um when i had my trial shift i was shitting myself i was like oh man i know i can cook but everything else if i don't look like i'm up to scratch because i've never been to color any school or anything that um they're just gonna laugh me out the door but I went so what's there. the wait? Hold on. What's what's the trial? What's the trial shift then? So that's so, basically them, them watching you and like judging you going from A to Z. Not even that. They just bring they they bought me in and they go. All right, we're open for business today. You're gonna just do everything the head chef asks you to do, oh, and you just get stuck in. So you're just straight into the kitchen, full on service. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I was just trying to be as productive as possible. Um, I spoke to a few. Um, chefs that I'd met through Instagram over the over lockdown and I just asked them I was like yo I've got this trial shift have you got any like tips or pointers of like how I should present myself on my first day and um, I remember this uh, chef Dom Taylor who's on Instagram uh, I remember specifically asking him and he just said listen just be proactive write down what you need to write down and just like just be calm and enjoy it and so that's what I did and honestly it was the calmest trial shift I've ever done in my life because everyone was just super chill like making the pizza how they make it is such a like slow patient process because we make a big batch of we made big batches of dough that would ferment for 24 hours in the fridge overnight the sauce takes about a couple of hours to make so everyone was kind of just taking their time and really taking care of the ingredients they were cooking. And 
it just turned out that like they're just also brothers like the head chef was an arsenal fan loved his hip-hop i was like yeah me too arsenal fan love my hip-hop everyone else so it was just really cool it just kind of we just bonded straight away in that first i think it was an eight hour shift i did um and then the owner just called me back maybe the next day i think it was and said when can you start what kind of hours do you want etc etc and i called i was like just get me in give me as much as as much as you can i want to learn everything i want to be there i had so much fun i could do this for however long i see myself doing it for and i got the job and i started working in the pizzeria yeah nice i mean you know you mentioned you weren't worried about obviously the cooking side of things you were worried about fitting into the actual environment because obviously you come from office background right nine to five and then you're going into an environment where, you know, you, it's just, you know, for you, it's like, it's not, it's very new, obviously, right? So how did you deal with that? You know, how, how did you um, embed yourself into that new environment? Yeah, it was a tricky one because I kind of, and even now, I kind of feel sometimes a little bit of imposter syndrome that creeps up every now and then because I haven't been in the industry as long as other people that I've met along the way. And also I'm quite old compared to when people first start. Um, And I think I just had to keep telling myself and reminding myself that like, it's fine. As long as you're doing what you love and you work hard, that's, that's all people care about in the kitchen life that you take care, you do your job, you're, you're, you're a team at the end of the day and you have to support each other and if you can do that you'll you'll fit in just fine like if you're there for each other to do everything and help each other out you'll be just fine um so it kind of wasn't too different in the end when i think about it like when you're in an office job and you have your team and you're working towards a campaign or a target you do have some similarities there except this is just a lot more hands-on there's a lot more labor involved and i've i've like I've always kind of been that person is if there's something to do, just get on and do it. And yeah. if they see that, they kind of accept you as well. That's been, from my experience anyway, I've not really, yeah, I've worked in three different spots now and each time has been, has been, yeah, great, e- quite easy to fit in, to be fair. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to two imposters as well because we are yeah. not podcasters, uh, so we definitely <laughs> know that feeling. Mate, it creeps <laughs> up on you, doesn't it? It does, man. It does. Yeah. Do you know what? It's like you're trying to, you know, nine to five. You know, we're behind the desk. You know, if you're typing emails, etc. Right? You know what it's like. And then you're into this like content creating world, which, to be fair, for me, it's like for for me, it's completely new. Um, like I'm, I'm always been a reserved person. So for me to like Raj saw something in, in doing this together. Right. So for us, yeah. it was just like, you know what, he's seen something and when he's got an idea, he goes with it and then he'll make you believe that, you know what, no, 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 we can do this. We can do this. Does that make sense? So it's nice to, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's just, you know, so was it Raj that, that convinced you like, yeah, let's get the <laughs> headphones you know out. It's, 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 it's how it is, man. It's how it is. It's like, yeah. you know, bro, should we get one more drink? Bro, let's do it. That's the, it starts That's from true. that kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, that, oh, yeah. just come out for one. And then the like, next yeah, thing you know, it's 4 a.m. And exactly. you're walking yeah. down the streets of London, karaoke away. <laughs> one more drink, bro. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I think you when that, when that kind of feeling creeps up, it's always good to have someone by your side that kind of anchors you and supports you, right? Yeah. Like, 
how you had Raj pushing you like let's do this podcast like it'll be great and look how far you guys have come already in such a short space of time I think for me it was yeah definitely my missus she was the one that kind of pushed me to quit the day job and just pursue this full time I've had great support from friends and family and stuff so it kind of makes me feel that like what I'm doing is what I should be doing did you um just so you you mentioned like the support from the friends and family were there were there any any people that when you said oh yeah I'm deciding to just go full on into into this career yeah did you did, did you get any like raised eyebrows or from like from certain people where we just like oh okay I you know there's like certain people will expect a kind of cultural old school mentality yeah like, oh, well, this is the kind of thing that you should be doing and all of a sudden they hear oh no I'm gonna go and be a chef yeah, like, do you know what? How did that, you deal with that when that happened? That was one thing that did cross my mind because like, it's quite unconventional in our community, isn't it? And especially, I think, like, not, I'm, like, I know that there's some great Indian chefs out there that do some fantastic work, but for me and the kind of community I grew up in and, like, the area I grew up in, it wasn't like that at all. I've, like, I've hardly grown up knowing people that kind of did an unconventional job. You've always had people that have gone into like business and finance or doctors, pharmacists, all that kind of stuff. So I I was like, it, it crossed my mind a few times. Like, am I doing the right thing? Because this is so unknown. And is it going to be easy for people to understand the choices that I've made to go and pursue this professionally? And honestly, I can't say that I've heard a bad word or a, a doubt since nice. I've told people like my friends and family are super supportive like they can see I love what I do and like I think I'm very blessed to have people like that that won't kind of um, raise that eyebrow I've had people that will kind of question what I'm doing to see help me see things from a different perspective but um not not in like a negative light just to help me be more successful in a sense so like it's great it's a great support system it's a great community that i have and yeah can't be can't be more blessed to have that to be fair and when you've got that obviously it gives you that you know you don't need to worry about that it gets it's like a drug at the end of it right it just propels 100%. you to everything else that you need to be you know you can, so you can focus on what you need to be obviously doing right so no that's really yeah. good to have that support 100%. system yeah, yeah definitely it's really important yeah i think uh, there was there was a little i think there's been a few comments from my mom at some stages like oh are you sure you're gonna be making enough money from this like oh how are you gonna afford this if you're gonna do that but it's all like that's just like uh, a mother's concern in it like she's always gonna question everything you everything and anything you do for the rest of your life so i was never worried about it i was just like yeah that's just classic mom haven't yeah. been happening for 33 years yeah, yeah. why is it going to change now do you know what I mean? she's worried in it to make sure that you're yeah. going to be okay it's not coming from a it's coming from a good place of love from a motherly from from you know obviously from, yeah for your mom in it so it's not like if it came from outside then it's like okay you're questioning me you're you're doubting me kind of thing right but when it comes from your mom it's like 100%. genuine worry isn't it that we always get yeah but uh, no it makes sense yeah um so so you said that you like liked cook loved cooking from like day one. Do you do you remember the first dish you ever tried to make, or do you remember like 
something that you like used to like making as as you were when you were young and just kind of like learning learning your craft yeah yeah do you know what this could sound so dumb yeah but when i was younger like i remember the first thing that i did try to make was scrambled eggs and okay they were they were shocking like i fully overcooked them they were rubbery but i thought this was the best thing in the world at the time because i was so young i was like Hell yeah, man! I made scrambled eggs. Like this, this shit is easy. And then, as I grew older and learned a lot more, and like watching chefs on TV and like doing my own research and eating out and stuff, I'm like, hold on a minute. What on earth did I make? I was just thinking like I was so good at this. I remember, yeah, probably the first thing was scrambled eggs, um, and then from there. I was just like, let's carry on. Let's just see what else we can make. And I think, did did that did that whole scramble egg kind of um, experience like did it ignite something in you to to take up you know to you know have a passion of you know obviously cooking and experimenting etc. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so, you know. No? <laughs> nah, man was just making breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I was just hungry one day and I was like, all right, let me try and make the scrambled eggs. I've seen my dad do it plenty of times. Yeah. Like, it looks easy enough. Yeah. Like, let's just go for it. But to answer the question, I think more specifically, yeah. um, I remember the first curry I made. And I think that's what ignited the passion because my uh, my mama, he makes this mean desi chicken curry, and we always used to go to Camden every now and then. All the cousins and the family used to get together, and we'd just be on our way up. We'd just be like, "Oh, what's on the menu today? What's mama made? Is it is it the jira chicken wings or is it the chicken curry? If it's the chicken curry, you know the cousins will sit down at the table. We never used to have it with rotli or anything. We just used to have it with um, slices of white bread." Yeah, and it was ah uh, the chicken curry is unmatched for me. It's just so good. It's been a I think it's been a family recipe for such a long time, yeah. and that when I started to think about how I could uh, push myself more in the kitchen, that was the dish that popped in my mind to be like, if I can make that really well, then I know like this is this is gonna be a lot of fun. And so I tried a version of it for the first time and it took me maybe about four hours. I was like there chopping the onions and then cooking them down for about an hour, hour and a half until they're nice and like brown and caramelized and then put everything together. And it was a full on labor of love, but it was four hours of my life that wow. I was like, ah, oh, this is the most content and calm I've ever felt. Like, I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was just concentrating on making this curry as perfect as I can. And it came out so good. Um, definitely become a lot better at it now. But for for the time that I was cooking, I think I must have... I was in my like early teens or something like that yeah. um, when I first tried it. And yeah, that I think that's what sparked it. I was like, okay, now what can we cook next? The curry was good. Let's cook a different curry or like, let's just try and make what you love when you eat out at restaurants or we'll make it at home. So then started doing pastas and then pizzas. And then you started cooking like chicken wings and all that. And then as I grew older and my palate developed a lot more and my knowledge about food and what I liked and what I disliked um, became a lot more complex. 
I started trying all the more complex dishes and stuff. And so naturally, it's just evolved over time. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm at a place where I can learn a lot as well as put what I've learned from those past years into all the dishes that I create now, which is nice. Nice. Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever dabble in like traditional Indian food as well? Like, like yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you know what? I haven't, I'm like, do you know what? I'm so scared to like touch the Indian breakfast side of like Thiki Buri and Devla yeah. and Bakri and all that because no, no one, like, I don't think anything can beat how my mom or my bar yeah. would make it. Yeah, and if yeah, I try yeah. it, like... Sacred, I'm, I'm it's like, sacred, Yeah, right? it's sacred, yeah. isn't it? I just, do you know what? I just need to grow a pair of balls and just do it because, like, if I can make pizza dough and all this kind of stuff, like, what am I shying away for? Mm. But in terms, like, the vegetarian Indian food, because, you know, when you go to a wedding and you have yeah. the Guji meal after the Indian ceremony yeah. and you just got that classic, you've got the butter and shak, the uh, kichdi gari, or you've got the uh, gachori and all that. So I've been um, dabbling in that sometimes to see how it comes out, but nothing, nothing beats it. But do you know why it is? Because I just don't use as much gear as they probably do. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it <laughs> yeah. is, man. With the amount I cook, if I'm using ghee to that amount in every single dish that I make, oh, my heart has had it, bro. Yes. So I, know, I know I could probably do a good job, but at the moment I go for that healthier option just because, yeah. The gear, the, uh, the gear is a powerful thing for the heart. Nah, fair play. Kryptonite, innit? Yeah. Kryptonite. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but it's good though, isn't it? Yeah, it does, man. It does. Yeah. Do you what about have, you guys? Do you have, do you have like um, an experiment that you tried when you're making food that was just like, you thought it was going to go one way, but then it ended up going a completely different direction? Yeah. Oh, man. One of them was I started to try and pickle different fruits and okay. um you know when we have like depla and stuff we've got the mango chutney that we always got the atano, eat. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 a little bit of atano. and i was thinking oh what if it was mango season as well so i had this whole box of alfonso mangoes nice. and I had some pineapple as well and i think some watermelon too so i just got all right let me just try pickling this and see how it comes out because if i can get that nice like sweet sour balance when we have Deplan stuff, we can have like the fresh stuff with it and it could be quite nice. So I, so I um, planned out my pickle, um, pickle liquid, chopped everything up, put it in, let it sit for maybe about three days in the fridge. And I was like, all right, time to try it. I went to the fridge, I had the mango and oh my God, it was disgusting. It was so horrible. I got the formula so wrong. I put way too much salt and vinegar in the pickling liquid so that when you just bit into it, it was just like, it was like one of those exploding gummy sweets, but all that came out of it was just vinegar and salt. Oh. And I was like, yeah, nah, this ain't the one. So I was like, all right, back to the drawing board for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like as a as a chef, that is part of your job, right? Like part of part of what you do is experiment all the yeah. time, and failure is just a part of the process, right? Yeah, most definitely. It's all it's just all about learning as you go, as well as like putting practices of techniques and stuff into place. But if you have an idea, you've just got to. It's just like a itch that you've got to scratch, 
Yeah. And it sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, like you said, if it doesn't, you'll just go back, you'll tweak the recipe, figure out what was missing. Um, I think the main thing is that I've learned is with dishes, you've always got to be conscious of the um, the elements of like sweetness, sourness, spice, salt, fat. So if you get a nice balance of that, then you know you can create a good dish with any ingredients that you're using so if something's a little bit off i just kind of say to myself what what one of those elements is missing and how can i then incorporate that into the dish um to just rebalance it out um and that kind of helps a lot with figuring out what went wrong to be fair and just making sure that you don't undercook your chicken and stuff and give everyone salmonella that's that's like (laughs) That's like the big sin, isn't it? (laughs) It's raw. It's fucking raw. (laughs) I forgot your luggage. (laughs) That's the one thing you don't want. That reminds me. I went. I once went to a wedding, right? And my uncle, he was complaining about the bodeda. He was like, bodeda is not legit, right? (laughs) Bro, the guy, the guy that was serving it, he was like, no, they're fine. He put his hand inside the 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 thing that they were serving, and like it was like squashing them. He was like, no, no, no. If they were yeah, if it, he was like, if they were bad, then I wouldn't be able to squash them. I was like, that is right. right, right. <laughs> Why are you doing that in front of oh me? Oh my God, that's yeah. one way of show and tell, huh? Some of them don't care. <laughs> Absolute savages. And then he probably put it on the guy's plate after as well. Like, <laughs> you're holding up my line. That's crazy. That. Yeah. Extra like, Oh, how can what how can he say the potatoes weren't legit? Like what's he looking for? Like a medium rare or a well yeah. done? <laughs> like it's, it's a potato, like you're not gonna mess it up. He's going for that roasted. He wanted the roasted potatoes, man. Yeah, maybe. He was looking for that Christmas dinner vibe, man. Huh? I don't think that's quite reached the Indian weddings yet though, has it? Um so we we have a segment. Uh, well, a newly evolving segment on the podcast now, which is uh, share the struggle, find the funny, uh, nice. where we basically talk to each other about like random struggles that we have. And it could be anything from like finding a parking space to like, I don't know what to do with all these cardboard boxes, which is Mikhail's probably his favorite one. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rajan, do you have a, a, a struggle that you want to share? And is there any funny that you found in it? Ah, okay. So when you asked me this earlier, yeah, it's funny. When you asked me this earlier, I was thinking, oh, what's one of my struggles? And I was thinking that you're going to ask me how it's related to um, being a cook. So I was thinking, I was I was thinking to myself, I haven't really struggled with anything so far. Uh, I've just I'll been just a success. Yeah. yeah, no, not <laughs> even that. It's a victory. <laughs> yeah, it's just me going up and up. I just, I was like, oh, maybe struggle's the wrong word. I just started overthinking everything. I was like, oh, yeah. no, do you know what? When they asked me this, I'm going to say, oh, it's not been a struggle, but I've learned a lot of lessons. And here's an example, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now that you said that this is the segment, I'm like, oh, shit, I've completely misread <laughs> this situation as well. <laughs> Um, so don't worry. You, do you know you what? Be the first time, man, that someone's that I was like that as well when uh, yeah. when, uh, when Raj told me about this this segment. But no, yeah. sorry, man. Sorry to cut you off. Are you guys gonna um, give a struggle as well, or is it just me? It's just you it's today, just you man. Too, man. It's, it's all about me, you, bro. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Just off the top of my head, a struggle with a funny. Mm. Anything. 
Do you know what? Okay, I got one. So, me and the missus have recent, recently moved into a, our own home. We're finally right. homeowners. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and it's a beautiful place. But do you know what? Since I've lived at home like with my parents for a long time as well, always used to get nagged at for like, why is this not clean? Why is this not being done in the house? How long is it going to take you to do this? And I would, I would used to just sit there and I used to like argue with my mom so much like, why are you making such a big deal out of this? I'll do it when it gets done, right? Like, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, I will put that pile of washing in the wash later. Right now, I've got something else to do. I've got time. I don't need the clothes right away or anything like that. Um, and now, used so many arguments. And now that we live in our own house, the struggle is this house always needs a damn clean. Like, and we're not even in it half the time. And somehow it just starts getting filthy, dusty. There's like, there's stuff that needs to be wiped, dusted, things that have been put away. And I don't even know how they got there in the first place. I'm like, why did I buy a house if 90% of the time I'm cleaning it and only 10% of the time I'm on the sofa just chilling? Uh, it's it's too no one no one gives you that warning everyone's like oh yeah be careful mortgage rates all that nah be careful you'll be cleaning the rest of your life <laughs> you are that is a good struggle that i think that's a common struggle as well right when i first moved yeah. into my place same struggle when, when my missus said to me well, you, do you know when you like finish dinner and you like you know you hand your bar your mum the plate because they're already there yeah. they're, like, they're not gonna let you wash your plate and then i yeah. she goes, what are you doing and i was like she goes, you better start washing these plates, man. We didn't have a dishwasher. I was like, oh, shit. What is going on? And the clothes need to be put away. Yeah, it's true, man. It's so true. It's just like, you know, no one tells you, yeah. you know, it's all great. You know, you've got your own space and, you know, no one can tell you what to do. But actually, there is someone to tell you what to do. And it's those four walls, basically, that, that get filthy every few weeks, basically, that you need to, or every few 100%. days. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do you know what? There's, there's always something. There's always the little things, right? Like... And because I'm at home, like, if I'm at home cooking and stuff, even, like, I'm trying to be focused on what I've got to do for the day for that, but then things will just catch my eye in the corner and I'll get distracted because I'll be like, oh, I better go and do that quickly. I better go and do that quickly. So even then, half my time is still just cleaning the house during the week. It's mad. (laughs) How How are you in the kitchen, though? Are you, like... Are you someone who, when you're making something, do you wash after you use each thing or do you just kind of let it all pile up and then have like a big wash at the end? Like, what's the process? So I think some people that may listen to this later on will disagree with what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I think I'm pretty good in the kitchen. I will put my hands up and admit that I used to be quite messy. Yeah. I would have a habit of like taking every utensil out the draw to use it and then just keep it in the sink for the end of the day but after a few a few comments by the missus and all of that i have learned that yeah do you know what it's easier to wash up as i go along (laughs) so i'm pretty good now like if i'm doing stuff and this this just came with practice as well that when i'm making recipes now that i know where i have certain time frames where I don't need to be doing anything. So instead of just scrolling through Instagram or just like dossing around and shit, I'll, 
I'll wash up the stuff that's in the sink so that by the end of it, I kind of like to have, especially now being a homeowner as well, I like to have everything clean. I don't like the mess. So um, yeah, I've, come, I've, I've changed my attitude and will say that I'm really good in the kitchen now. Everything is spotless. I don't leave anything lying around, but I may slip up every now and then, which is fine. Do you know what we should do a video? We if we had a vodcast, yeah, everyone could see how proud Rajan is. Like he's sitting there, big smile, and saying, "Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sick. I'm sick now." Man. I'm, I'm clean. You know what? It's a big thing, no, no, especially play. when you get called up on it week by week. Yeah, yeah. To now say, "Look at me now." Yeah, look at me now. It's clean. Now what? Um. So. Well, I want to go back to one of the things that you were saying where you were basically breaking down like um, if you're making a dish then you can look at the salt and the fat and like different kind of characteristics or criteria. Yeah. Do you, if you're if you're going to someone's house to have a meal and you're not feeling the food for whatever reason or you're like, or or, or you feel like, nah, this, I could, I could add this to it and it will taste like, oh, it will taste so much better. Do you hold yourself back in like giving that feedback? the other person or do you just kind of like let it rip what's the process um so nah normally i'm pretty chill because for me like i'm a fan of food right so and i feel food is very subjective everyone's got their own taste everyone will like to um cook something in a certain way or eat something in a certain way so i think there's this um in my like in my opinion i think there's this kind of almost stereotype where if you're a cook or a chef or something that when you go to other people's homes and eat their food that are um you're going to be expecting like the best meal of your life and all this kind of stuff and you always get the little co- you always get the little comments don't you like ah oh, uh how how is it yeah that always happens like ah oh, I bet it's nothing like what you make in it at home. Like I, I bet it's not even that good compared to what you do. And I'm uh, most most of the time, I'm like, do you know what? Nah, this is delicious. As for me, if they've cooked it the way they want to serve it to you, I'm I'm open minded by it. As long as it's not undercooked or something that's like totally gross, which very rarely is anyway, because we're not like out here just trying weird food combinations for fun (laughs) um then i'm happy with it i'm i'm probably one of the people that will just eat it say nothing and just be like it's delicious at the end of the meal the people you gotta watch out for is like all the aunties and the elders in it like oh can I have a bit more, a bit more salt, or oh, why don't you try doing it with this and that? And like they proper dissect your dish down and tell you how you should make it for next time. They're the ones that don't hold back. But for me, I like to sit in my chair. I'll eat the meal that's been cooked for me because I'm sure people have gone through a lot of effort as well in making it. And I just think most of the time it's delicious. If it's disgusting, I'll be like, yeah, dude, you need to cook this a little bit longer or something like that. But to be fair, everywhere I go, people are very good cooks as well. And I just have, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about what I've eaten recently. I don't think, no. Do you you feel now that obviously now that you're a chef, do you feel like whenever you go to someone's someone's house, there is this added pressure that you can sense from them because you're coming over to eat? 
I'm not lying. If you came to my house to eat, yeah, I'd get my chef's yeah. hat out. You know, I'd pretend like I cooked it. But obviously, my missus would have yeah. cooked it. Yeah. If you say something good about it, then I cooked it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you would feel the pressure if I came round? Hundred percent. I would feel it. I'd feel it. Of course, bro. For what reason? I was scrolling though? through. I'll tell you the reason. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you the reason, bro. I was scrolling through your Instagram, right? Yeah. And every everything looks beautiful. Yeah. Everything, every single thing that you have there is like a work of art. So yeah. if I'm coming to the, if you're coming to my house, I'm worried about how it tastes, and I'm even more worried about how it looks. So yeah, I'll be sweating, man. <laughs> nah, like, don't nah. even. You gotta remember Too though. Much that's, nah, that's that's for that's for Instagram though, isn't it? Like you plate it up nice, you take a picture. But if you look at my plate after after I've done taking the picture. It's like it's like a it's like me at a Chinese buffet or like world food buffet. I've got like seventy different cuisines all on one plate, just piled up, massive, and I'm just ready to eat. What do you do after you take like? Because there's there's like a lot of those pictures, right? Are you are you just like preparing that, taking the picture, and then like just kind of on to the next one, or are you like do you eat it off? Do you eat every single one of those dishes that you plate up? Like what's yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Oh, put some put a lot of time into it. I'm eating it, no questions asked. I'll I'll block out like half an hour, hour of my day and I'll eat the food and I'll enjoy it. I'll have some me time. But yeah, definitely. So for the most part, it'll either be me eating it or it'll be what me and the missus will have for dinner or if I've got so she doesn't eat red meat. So if I'm cooking something red meat, like if I'm cooking a whole leg of lamb or something like that. I will have mine for my dinner. I'll keep some for lunch the next day, and then the rest of it I'll just um, see if anyone else wants it. I'll either drop it off to my parents or my sister and her boyfriend. See if any of the boys want it, and just hand it out and just be like, "Here, no one's gonna say no to free food, are they?" No, definitely not, man. Yeah. Do you do you um do you have this thing where you just get tired of eating your own food that you've cooked? So I think sometimes, like, if it's a long day, um, if I have a catering job yeah. and I've been, like, prepping for three days or whatnot and done done the job and it comes to, like, the next day where I'm just exhausted, I'm just like, nah, I'm not cooking. I can't do it. Yeah. So either I'll have whatever, whatever Smita makes or I'll just order something in. But for the most part, it's yeah if you're doing if i'm doing a whole day of recipe testing as well i'll eat a bit of the food as i go along because you're always when you're cooking you're always tasting things trying things making sure you're on the right track so even when it comes to having a sit-down meal at the end of the evening i'm already kind of like three quarters of the way full so i'm not even that hungry to be fair so uh something like light and easy would be nice um it's it just depends on the mood really yeah, no, fair play. Yeah. What's your signature dish? Oof. Do you know what? Now that I've done Metopia, I have to say it's my smoked tandoori lamb ribs. Cause wow, that's, that sounds man, good. Oh, um, dude, water. they came out so good. I'll have to send you boys some for having me on the show. Well, like, yeah, we paid it with thanks, innit? Um, but yeah, I think that's probably going to have to be my signature dish now for a while. But um, before that, it was, I used to, what got me started, what kind of helped me um, 
I don't know, I wouldn't say put me on the map or anything like that because I'm just a small fish in a big pond. But I started making this um, masala lamb barbacoa for tacos. And mm. everyone that I've given that to has nothing but nice words to say about it. They absolutely love it. So I think if we're going back to the roots of kind of like the first dish that rocked people's worlds, um, it would be that. It would be, sl- it would be slow-cooked lamb shoulder and all these masala spices, but using techniques of Mexican cooking um, all within a taco with a salsa verde and some freshly chopped onions. <sighs> Unreal. It's, it's 10 o'clock. And, and I've had hungry. my food. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hungry, hungry, bro. Hungry. I knew. I knew. <laughs> this is every, dude, honestly, every <laughs> conversation I have with people about food, it always almost ends with, you've made how, me hungry how did now. You, how did you come up with that recipe? Like, because that was for you, right? Yeah, so it was just, so kind of when people ask, what is it that you specialize in cooking? I kind of say that, I cook Indian food, but it's kind of a, um, I just learned this term recently at Metopia, third culture cooking, where I've taken uh, food from two different cultures, in this instance, Mexico and India, and kind of married them together. So there's, in Mexico, there's this, there's this dish called pozole, which is like a stew, and it's... Um, it's a really thin sauce compared to a thick curry sauce. And it's got all this like slow braised meat inside and you dress it with fresh um, ingredients like lettuce, radish. You can put a bit of um, chili oil, salsa matcha in there if you want. And then also with my love for lamb curry as well, because who doesn't love a good lamb curry that just melts in your mouth as you're eating it with a bit of naan. Um, I just thought what would happen if I kind of take those cooking techniques and a few ingredients from Mexico and merge it with the cooking techniques of how I would make lamb curry and the ingredients there as well and see what happens. And I made it and it came out phenomenal because mainly just because I think Indian and Mexican food culture is very similar. Um, The spices we use, some of the cooking techniques down to the basics of when say if they have a taco dish, it's tortilla, meat, salsa, um, onions, coriander. And for us, when we eat Indian food, if we're having a curry, for example, we'll either have naan or rodli with the curry, uh, always freshly sliced onions, some dana to go with it, and maybe a chutney or chili sauce or mint sauce or like reta or something. So I was like, shit, these are, these are very similar in the way we eat, mm. the way we present things. And we're all about bringing tons of dishes together that people can sit around a table and share and hand out to each other. And it's all a big, yeah. it's, a, it's a communal way of eating. So after that, I just started exploring other things that were similar. And yeah, I kind of came up with this recipe and it just worked really well into Indian flavors, um, Indian cooking techniques, Mexican cooking techniques, and then put it all in a taco. And it just, it, oh, yeah, it was really good. It was delicious and people love it, seem to love it. So I feel like I did, um, did the Mexican Indian cuisine justice with that one, which is nice. Cause you don't, you rarely see that here in the UK as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's definitely, 
there's definitely room for it because you can make some really good food by mixing the two cultures. Um, so yeah, that's I'm going to be excited to start exploring that a bit more as well. Um, so one thing that you said, which was which is quite interesting, was uh, you had a five year plan, and you yeah you, know, you went to Meetopia, and you're like, I'm going to be back here, and it's gonna yeah. I'm going to be here like as a as a chef. You did it within within that, right? So what what is your five year plan? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what what does Homie's Kitchen look like? Yeah. You know, even three years from now. Yeah, um, that was my five year plan. It was <laughs> one thing that was on there. You've come, you've come full circle. All right, I don't know what else to, to do now. You need yeah. to you need to find the next the next, the next mountain thing. now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, nah. To be honest, with the five year plan. It's just, a lot of it is just kind of all about growing, just getting better, um, honing my craft, figuring out what specifically I love to cook and maybe specialise in that. And ever since I've done, or even just before Metopia, I think my kind of mindset is going towards like live fire cooking because um, I was watching this, uh, I was watching... um, chef's table the barbecue edition on netflix and there was this uh chef called lennox hasty he's um he's a chef out in australia and he was talking about how cooking over fire is like the most primitive way of cooking like we've done it for thousands of years it's the most natural way of cooking um and it's the best way to get the most out of your ingredients and all that added flavor from the smoke and the charcoal. And that really like kind of stuck with me. And I tried to think about how that relates to um, cooking in Indian cuisine. And obviously we have the dandor. So, and like the kind of hibachi grills where we like, we'll make our kebab rolls. Uh, We'll do the shish kebabs, chicken tikka. Uh, We'll make naan in the tandoor and stuff. So, even like within our culture, it's not always just curries, rice, rodley. There's a whole element of cooking with coal and fire. So um, I think in my five-year plan, it's going to be a lot of like diving deep into that world and seeing what we can kind of create for our culture using just fire, smoke, all that kind of stuff. And then in terms of professionally I just I would love to just do supper clubs and pop-ups to be honest like work with other great chefs um work with other great restaurants and just create menus where everything that I like teach myself and learn along the way I'll be able to just share that with the public because this is why I kind of got into it in the first place I just wanted to just wanted to feed the people feed the homies essentially um I love cooking for people I love how food can change the mood of someone instantly like if you've come home from a shit day of work but then you come home to a nice plate of food and it just cheers you up instantly i love the fact that i have the opportunity to deliver that for someone so in for for five for the next one year two year three year four year five years just want to be doing more of that to be honest and I'm trying to stay as open-minded as possible as well as having a few set goals like now I've done Metopia within the five years the next target is to get called back for a second year which will be nice um 
maybe do a few uh, pop-up club, uh, pop-ups and supper clubs each year. Um, and yeah, just keep, keep doing what I'm doing. Any opportunities that come along, stay open-minded, say yes to, and you never know where it can take you. Like there's so many branches to this industry, which is what I love about it as well. Like one, one day you could be doing a pop-up, the next day you could be on your mate's farm learning about how they rear pigs and how your meat is made and processed and delivered to you, which I think is really important as well, I'm learning. Um, so yeah, um, nothing specific, but be open-minded, see where it takes you, ride the wave, all that kind of jazz, yeah. No, nice, wow. I think it's good to be open-minded like that. And- I think you're you've got your feet in, under the table now with that with that process as well, right? It seems that way that you're you know the sky's the limit. You know, I know you've come full circle already with obviously with the original plan, but you know definitely you know from your from what you're saying, you know there's a lot of inspiration to take for anyone who's um you know trying to test out you know and execute exactly what you've done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah, you just got to be open minded, really, isn't it? Because yeah, you never know where life is going to take you. Like, look at you guys. You've got a podcast now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's crazy, true. though. It's like, if, yeah. I, if, if you, like, three, three years ago, like, you know, you, you started all of this. Um, and hearing you talk about it, it's obvious that you're, like, this is your passion. And, you know, you're, li- you're living and breathing this. Um, if, if you were to go back, you know, to that moment that you started, what would, what would you tell yourself if, if anything different to, you know, how you were thinking about it, what your outlook was or what your approach was? I think it would be, that's a good question. Um, mm. I would tell myself just to have a bit more self-confidence and belief that mm. if you're putting in the hard work, you will, you will, you will do a good job. You'll find happiness in it and you'll see the success that you want to see. Um, Because I definitely did, especially in the beginning stages, like you said, you know how you scrolled, the funny story, how you scrolled all the way to my original post back in July uh, 2020. That original introduction video, I was so nervous about making it because it was kind of like, am I going to be doing the right thing with this? is it going to be what I'm hoping it will be? So in that video, um, I take a shot, what I take a shot at the end of the yeah. video. Yeah. To like yeah. You do. To good yeah. luck. I took to- so many takes of that introductory <laughs> speech and throughout the process, every time I restarted, I didn't want to have to pretend that I'm taking the shot after and like put apple juice in there or something. So every single time oh my it God. was rum. It was, and I I got absolutely hammered. I've got maybe about 20, 20 clips of me recording that introduction. The bottle of rum was finished and by the end of the day, so I recorded this the whole day because I was so nervous about it. It wasn't coming out how I wanted it to come out. By the end of it, the, the last clips, I'm like slurring my words, I'm making mistakes, all of this, I was battered. <laughs> the bottle of rum had finished and I had to call it a day. I was like, I can't, I can't carry on. Like, I'm slurring, my mind is, like, my head's getting all blurry now. Yeah. So I had to go sleep. 
had an absolute like I was just I had an absolute breakdown about it and then um when it was like come on you've got this you just gotta believe in yourself I was like cool I'm going to bed I'm just gonna drink this pint of water get into bed and then I woke up the next morning and I was like all right I've got to do this now. I do not want to repeat yesterday. I can't get battered two days before <laughs> recording an introductory video. <laughs> and I managed to do it on the first take. Nice. And that's the one I posted. So it's definitely, yeah, if I was to tell myself going back to that moment, just have a bit more belief and self-confidence in yourself. Because if you put in the hard work and like, like you say, you see the passion that I have, um, I feel it as well a lot, um, especially in recent months. Um, that you know you can achieve what you set your mind to. So Definitely. just stop doubting yourself, really. Where does, where, when you have those moments where like the confidence is like waning, how do you, how do you get yourself out of it? How do you snap yourself out of it? Like what's your, uh, what's your process? Drink another bottle of rum. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, do you know what? Um, I, I've started to, I'm, I'm someone that has a lot of thoughts running through my head all the time. Like I just don't stop thinking about shit and I get distracted quite easily with other thoughts as they come along. So, and that's what starts to hit my confidence because I'm trying to concentrate on one thing and really like excel at that, but then something else will creep in and then I kind of leave that half finished. And so I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this right. Like how can I how can I get better at this and stuff so I've started to just write everything down that comes into my head as on the spot where if it's on the notes on my phone or I've got a planner where I write everything down and I kind of structure my day out so that whenever I have that feeling of low confidence or something like that I'll go back through my notes or my planner I'll look at exactly what I've got coming up in the next few days or the next week where I can sort out how I'm feeling and I can make a proactive plan to get rid of that feeling and take a couple more steps forward to um, just be a bit more proactive. Um, so that's, that's helped a lot. And then also, yeah, again, just the support system that like, I've got people that I can talk to and they really just like, just give me a kick up the arse. Like my missus is proper, she's a proper advocate for tough love which I think I need a lot. Like, she's just like, do you know what? Just grow up. Like, you've got this. What are you being such a bitch about? Like, yeah, do you know what? I'm like, you're right. Like, I can do this. <laughs> so it just goes hand in hand. Um, so I think I can, like, it doesn't go away. Like, uh, there's always those times where it does creep in, but I have those mechanisms that help me cope and it's working so far. So, yeah, um, it's been really helpful. Yeah, well, I mean, you're absolutely smashing it, man. Like you've seeing seeing how far you've come, seeing how you know you planned this, and this was like everything that you kind of worked towards has just recently, you know, come full circle. It Definitely. sounds like and looks like you know all of that work is is paying off, and uh, whatever mechanisms that you have are, are like really working for you. So come yeah, on. it's inspira inspirational, man. Definitely, no, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It's the it's the bottles of um, rum in it keeping him grounded 100%. and humble it is if dead man's fingers want to give me a little sponsor i'll be more than happy Shout out, man. Shout out. <laughs> it's good wrong. um 
So uh, we're, we're rounding up now. So uh, we're going to do some lightning round questions. I didn't, I didn't pre-prep you on these ones. So um, we're going to see. I've got some of them written down. Like me and Mick have brainstormed a few of them. Mick, yeah. I'll take the first few and then you want to take the rest. Or right, you cool. want to just go like off your top of your head. Do you know what? No, you go, man. You go, you go. All right, I'll, I'll do a few and then, okay. and then Mick will take over. Okay, all right. Oh, and just the first, the first one, right? The yeah. first one that comes. All right. Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Nah. No. All right. Ras malai that... or ice cream? Ice cream. Tepla or parotta? Tepla. But it has to be spicy. Favorite dish of all time? Desi chicken curry. Most underrated item on the menu? Ooh, tricky one. Good question. Underrated. Mm. See, if you had said overrated, I would have gone... Tru- all right, go on, overrated, truffle. overrated. Anything that has truffle on, like truffle fries, truffle mac and cheese, but it's not like real truffle, it's the truffle oil that they use because, yeah, that's, that shit's overpowering. But Okay, um, underrated? Underrated. Ooh, um, oxtail. Go-to dessert. Panna cotta. Tupac or Biggie? No, you can't do that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so, that one's so tough. I have, a, I have a set answer for this whenever it asks me. I'm like, if I'm in a party mood, I'm bumping Biggie all day. But if I'm by myself and like late night drives, I'm going, I'm bumping Tupac. But funnily enough, neither of them are in my top five rappers. So neither. Neither, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. They're in my top 10, but not okay. top five. Um, all-time favorite chili sauce? Uh, cold sauce. The mango habanero one. Shout out my boy Drew that makes the best cold sauce and hot sauce in the game. Oh, nice. Mick. This one I've never heard of. Might have to do some research on that one, Roger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go yeah. go get some. It's so good. Yeah. He uses the um, Alfonso mangoes when they're in season. Yeah. So it's like really nice and sweet, but then it hits you with a nice heat, which is like so Definitely. good. It's really, Definitely really delicious. One, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. All right. This is going to be on a level of Tupac and Biggie, yeah? Because I'm going to ask you, Henri or Burkamp? Henri or Burkamp? Henri all day. Henri, oh, that was easy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, all day. I mean, I love, I love the Ice Man, but Thierry Henry was like my favorite player. It still is my favorite player. I could watch his clips all day, man. Yeah, legend. Jordans or Air Maxes? Jordans. Jordans. They, they were the trainers that I always wanted as a kid, but I could never afford them. And now that I can afford them. I still can't get them because of these fucking raffles that you have to enter. So, <laughs> I tried to get up at eight in the morning the other day, yeah, to, to actually yeah. get up. And, you know, I got up and they were gone within. I was like, man, what are these guys, what are these people doing? Have they got it's some impossible, kind of, you know, isn't it? It's impossible, impossible. Yeah. All right, favorite spice to cook with that you just can't cook without, basically? Uh, chili powder. Yeah. Nice. All types jalapeno, cashmere, deji merch. All of it, yeah, so good. All the Mexican chilies, yeah, anything chili powder. Meat liquor burger or gourmet burger kitchen? Uh, I'm going meat liquor on that yeah. one. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, the, de- the dead hippie burger, oh, delicious. Good call. Cool. That's me, man. That's yeah. me. 
All right, so we are at time now. Um, but again, I'm going to give a shout out to Middle Fingers Up because I'm just going to like you know be inspired by how she was moderating our session. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything, Rajan, that you would like to talk about, or you would like to discuss, or mention, or shout out that we didn't cover in the in the time today? Anything other, th- any other things that are coming to mind for you? Um. Nah, do you know what? I think like I'm just grateful I was on the podcast chatting to you two lovely geezers. Um, it was a great opportunity just to have a chat and just talk about what I've been doing for the past three years, which I never thought I'd be doing in my life. Um, which is just like yeah, it's fantastic. Um, if anyone wants to just follow the journey, then you just follow my Instagram. I just put everything up from there about my, my life, the recipes that I develop, any pop-ups and stuff that I have going on. Um, yeah, just follow the journey and just say what's up. It's always good to chat to people. If anyone has any questions about food, I'm always happy to answer. Um, apart from that, nah, thank you for having me, guys. I think you covered everything and more. Nah, thank nice. you for sharing your journey yeah. with us and uh, thank you for taking the time to obviously to come on. It's really, it was really no, great. I appreciate it. And inspiring yeah. to hear. It, it makes a change. It makes a change from cleaning the house. I can just <laughs> spend an hour just like. You got, yeah, you got your get yeah, yeah or jail free card today. You're like, oh, no, I'm on a podcast. I can't do it. He's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> you wish it was get out of jail free. As soon as headphones come off, I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna check the kitchen, make sure I've tidied up and everything. Oh, creep, creep it out never the stops. It never stops. It never stops. But no, um, no I appreciate it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll put uh, we'll put all of your contact, your socials um, on the post when it goes out. So um, all of Amazing. you that are listening can get Rajan's um, details and follow Homie's Kitchen for great, yes. great images and re- recipes and inspiration. Um, and yeah, just just want to say thank you again for for coming on. Uh, it's great to hear about your story, and that is like Mick's saying, it's inspirational just to kind of see. You, know, you had a moment where you're like you know what fuck it i'm gonna do yeah. this i'm just gonna mm. just see where i can take it um yeah and you are you're smashing that. it it's yeah. blowing up you know i've been i've been seeing how you've been kind of growing so yeah well done and just looking forward to seeing what you what you do next yeah i appreciate yeah. that guys thank you very much yeah it was a pleasure All right well said man to everyone listening thank you please forward share like give us comments give us feedback and we'll see you back next time Peace out, people. Peace out. Peace.